Hello, everybody.、Uh, this is Matthew、uh, Stewart from Simplistic Reviews, and today we have a very special guest、uh, for the website.、Um, this is Angela、uh, Palladino. She is an independent film director for the film Stuck, which is filming in the greater Boston area.、Um, say hello, Angela. Hi, everyone.、Uh, really happy to be here. So,、uh, like I said before, Angela is directing a film called Stuck in the greater Boston area. It will be going into、uh, production in 2014, correct? Spring of 2014?、Uh, yes, late spring 2014 uh, projected. Um, you know,、uh, we're still in pre production right now. so. Okay, but very, very exciting, though. I mean, anytime we can talk about independent film on our website or via podcast and actually talk to somebody. Who's making something happen and keeping an independent, independent spirit alive is very exciting on my end.、Uh, and of course, for my two contributors as well, they can't be here today,、um, but I think I'll be able to handle it myself today. <laughs> <laughs> so,、uh, Angela, tell us a little bit about yourself. Like, who is Angela Palladino?、Um, well, I am a creative media maker based out of Boston.、Um, I do everything、um, from Mixed media production,、uh, graphic design, web design. I've done radio, and、uh, this is my first feature length film. I've done a number of short films in the past as well.、Um, and、uh, yeah, just kind of, I like to make, I always say I like to make things for screens. So it's kind of what I do.、Um, and I'm the writer, director, and one of the producers of Stuck. Awesome. Very cool. You had a very, very busy、uh, lady right here <laughs> doing <laughs>、yeah. stuff.、Uh, did you go to school up in Boston or did you go to school、uh, in another state? Are you from, the, you're from Boston, correct? Yeah, I'm from, I'm from a town called Methuen, Mass., which is about 25 minutes north of the city. I live in the city now.、Uh, I went to school actually in Manchester, New Hampshire at SNHU、um, up there on campus. And、um, I moved back to Boston area right after I graduated. Now, you said you've worked in you know, multimedia, of course, radio and film.、Uh, obviously, you love film.、Uh, but, I mean, would you say your first love was film or was it radio? Was it、uh, writing, writing? Was it like what got you into film and what made you actually want to be a filmmaker?、Um, I'd say my first love was film, film and television. I actually,、uh, growing up when I was younger in middle school and high school, I actually wanted to be an actor. Okay.、Uh, but, It, wasn't, it didn't really work out, and it wasn't really for me, I don't think, as much as I just was kind of enamored by movies and TV, and maybe necessarily wasn't the type of person to be an actor, but wanted to tell those same stories and just, I mean, I can't get enough of the stuff.、Yeah. So I, <clears throat> I went to school for communications, which is kind of broad, because I, I wasn't sure what I wanted to actually settle on. So that's why I've kind of tested out a number of areas. And film, film and television is so, so incredibly difficult to get into、mm. that、um, eventually, you know, I, I kind of tested it last, essentially. Like,、uh, it's like those car ads that say, shop us last, you'll love us. It's because, like, you know, you're going to buy the car there, so it's the last place you'll shop. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> 
it's kind of what it was. Um, and because I finally got up the guts and the cojones to actually try to make something happen, and um, yeah, just really realized that I was kind of wasting my time doing all that other stuff for the past few years. Yeah, it sometimes takes a while. It took me a while to really figure out what I want because I went to school also for uh, uh, radio and video production as well. And my first love was radio. I just loved telling a story. I like being behind the mic and, pr- and producing more than anything else. And everybody, no, everybody wants to be the actor. Everybody wants to be up there on the stage and performing. You want to be the face. But I mean, I think right. it take in order for that actor to be successful, it takes people like you to make that actor the, I mean, the actor can't speak unless you give them words. And if the words make no sense or don't make the act, doesn't make the actor or actress believable. I mean, it's, it's such a reflection on the people behind the scenes. So people like people always want to be the actor, but I think the real stars are always, like you said, the producer, the director, the writer, because without that, the actors are just going to stand up there and look, you know, ad lib. And that's usually disastrous most of the time too. So yeah, I think for the uninformed public, people either just want to be actors or directors, mostly because that's, you know, the only two people you really ever hear about when a movie gets big. You know, they know who's in it, and they might know who directed it. But other than that, you don't often hear people being like, oh, yeah, I want to be, like, a sound mixer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, what, what growing when up... Kids, I mean, grow, when you get older, yeah, but... <laughs> growing up for me, I always paid a lot of attention to the composer, actually, because... Growing up, I loved the music, especially Tim Burton movies, and Danny Elfman was always yeah. the guy. If he was, if he was at all any any way involved in the film, music-wise, of course, I had to see that film. I didn't care who started it, who directed it. If it was a Danny Elfman composed film, I love that, and it just tells a lot about the behind-the-scenes people and how important they are. So, um, moving along, um, what would you say? Like I just said my my influences growing up, <laughs> kind of in a way. Uh, like who who were your influences, well, director wise or uh, actor wise or writer wise? I mean, uh, since you are a writer, producer, and director for the film, I guess it's more important. Who were your inspirations, directing wise and writing wise? Um, writing, I I guess for writing, <clears throat> I would say, and I guess not really growing up, but as of recently. Mm-hmm. Mostly, I would. I mean, I'm a. I'm a essentially a comedian at heart. I write mostly comedy. Yeah. I like comedy the most. I mean, I love a good gritty film, but <clears throat> comedy is where my heart is. So for writers, I would definitely say, uh, you know, Tina Fey is okay. one of my huge uh, kind of inspirations. I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I guess she's more TV, but I mean, it applies. Oh, um, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> she's she's great and. Uh, and then, I mean, even more recently, like very recent, I would say Lena Dunham has been a, a big, uh, I guess I've kind of looked at what she's done and her style and kind of tried to model some of my work that way And because um, she's got a lot of natural talent and she's just starting out kind of like me and yeah, it's great. I see the influence in, like, your trailer uh, and even your little short little sizzle reel for stuff. I see a lot of Lena Dunham-esque a dialogue and how it looks, uh, you know, part part of my expression, but you no, know, the angstiness of you know growing up and being young and trying to find your way in the world and everything like that. And yeah, I, I see that a lot. Oh, good. Cause yeah. I was trying to get that same vibe. Uh, yeah. so I'm glad it came across. <laughs> no, no it, it definitely did, and, and in a good way. I think yeah. sometimes for, for me, Lena Dunham, I'm, I'm, I'm a guy, obviously, so not everything 
can like appeal to me in a way, you know, from a guy to a woman's perspective. But I still think it's that same overall feel of being young and being lost and not really knowing the direction you want to go to, which is ironic because you have a direction, you're making a film, but the actual way the film looks is that it's dealing with people who have no direction. So I always find that kind of interesting. It's actually hysterical because um, I'm writing about my, you know, a lot of my friends and, and uh, you know, the generation I'm in, I suppose, but mm-hmm. I've kind of always been a person that sort of, never really had those, like, feeling of being lost so much. But I've definitely been, like, stuck in a rut, which is kind of what the uh, what the film addresses. It's called Stuck. It's perfect. So <laughs> it, it appeals to that millennial demographic. Because me, myself, I'm 30 years old. And you're, you're how old, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, 24. 24. So we're still – we're within that same generational uh, area. I mean, we were both – we were both cognizant of, like, you know, the big financial – problems that we had in 2008 and everything and it, it affected us in all different ways of course you know you being younger than myself it's a little bit different but a lot of so many people of this generation are going through a lot of the same things and it's nice to see a film that is addressing it like yours in a comedic way but still in a way that look this is still very personal to me and it's so difficult to write comedy too and i commend you for being able to write comedy because I I cannot do it. It's I find it, I find it extremely difficult to get a laugh. I mean I can get a laugh out of somebody, but to be able to write it down and have somebody else deliver my dialogue to make them laugh, you no know, hats off to you. I salute you, Angela. <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> uh, and I guess that brings in um, uh, like hardships. Uh, so far during the pre-production, uh, what's been a hardship for you? Have you found anything really difficult uh, in setting up this film or getting the idea across to maybe other producers or executive producers or, you know, uh, people in, you know, the greater Boston area, I guess, to get behind your film. Yeah. Um, our biggest hardship, and I'm sure it's not just, it's every other film, yeah. indie film or even studio film. It's, it's funding. Mm-hmm. Um, we, you know, are a small group of, of really passionate people who are, who came up with this idea with no uh, studio backing or anything like that. We've been working uh, tirelessly, you know, and basically not getting paid to try to make money in order to just make the film happen. Um, So it's definitely a love child, this film. Um, It's definitely comes from a passionate place and, uh, and it's trying to, the hardest part is trying to communicate that feeling Mm -hmm. to people who are interested in investing in films. Um, you know, there, there are a lot of people out there, uh, industry people, uh, you know, people outside of the industry that just have an interest in being part of a film, um, but only want to in such a monetary way. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, my job, obviously, as writer, director, and, and especially as producer, is to communicate to these people, you know, how much this film means to the group behind it and how much it will mean to the audience as well. And um, a lot of times the these people, these money people, so to say, are not in the demographic. Yeah. So it, it's, it's a lot of bridging the gap, and we've had a lot of struggles with that. And uh, that's why, you know, we, we are planning to shoot in the, in, we, in the spring, but it might even – 
be late spring just because we're trying to lock up the, the last bits of our funding to really get us going because um, it's expensive business. I mean, a film is almost like a company, and it is a company, essentially, and yeah. director or producer is like a CEO of a company. Yes. So it's basically a startup. <laughs> no, it, it is. I mean, it's it's especially if you go back to the early days of independent film. I mean, I'm going back, you know, Kevin Smith, obviously, and like uh, Richard Linkletter when they were doing their independent films and to scrounge up as as much money as they possibly could. I mean, they maxed their credit cards out and they did so many different things. And I don't think at this point now, like tw- looking at it 20 years later, it's as easy to do things like that now, especially since costs keep rising for film and it costs more to have, you know, it, of course it's nice to have your friends star in the film for you because, you know, you can pay them cheap or they'll do it just for like their maybe resume or something like that. But then you also brought up investors and to have younger people invest, young people don't have as much money, you know, and you have to look to these maybe older people who hopefully believe in your vision of the film without having their own idea of how your film needs to be made. So it's a really difficult balance, but I mean, and especially you're juggling three different things. So I can yeah. only imagine how difficult it is for you. It's a tough balance. Um, and especially um, when it comes to deciding how to talk about the film, when I'm talking from my writer perspective or when I'm talking from my producer perspective mm-hmm. and I find my, like I, I had a production meeting today with uh, one of my co-writers and a couple creative people, and all of a sudden I found myself, I accidentally put my, like, producer business hat on. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it started talking, like, strictly in terms of, like, a business side of the stuff, and they were like, Where the, what are you doing? That's not what we're talking about right now. We're talking creative. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Ch- change gears for a second. Like, my bad. So, yeah, it's definitely difficult to juggle, but it's, it's fun. I like dipping my toes in, in different uh, different pools. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's great that you're you're so young and you're actually doing three of the you know, most important aspects of the entire film. I mean, it's a matter of raising money, a matter of keeping your vision intact, and then also writing it and making sure you know it goes with directing in a way. But it's more this is what my actors will say because it's the actors essentially become an extension of you. Uh, and without your writing, you know, messages can be totally conveyed in an entirely wrong way. So uh, it's it's great that you're doing it. You know, all the luck to you and everything like that. And uh, me never having I've never directed a film. I've been involved in films, but to juggle that many things is extremely commendable. And you know, if I had a hat on, I would you know put it. I, I would doff my cap to you. <laughs> oh, thank you. I appreciate it. No problem. No problem. Um, I guess uh, Woodstock, um, you said before, this is uh, you know, appealing to a younger demographic, your demographic, the millennials. Uh, but what message are you trying to convey with this film? Uh, you said your target audience is the millennials. But uh, what are you trying to tell people in your age group with your writing and everything like that? Um, well, the, the film is really about motivation. Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of millennials or anybody who's ever been a recent college grad Mm -hmm. you 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 leave the bubble of college with this like grandiose idea that you're going to go out and immediately take over the world Mm -hmm. at least i know a lot of people that have i certainly did um 
have that idea. When you graduate, you're like, I have a college degree. Now I'm going to go out and be the CEO of a company. And, yep. <laughs> uh, I, and this film kind of addresses that, like, few years after college when you're sort of realizing that things aren't as easy as just having a college degree. And it's about, you know, loss of motivation during that time um, and how to get back your motivation and continue to, you know, pursue what you want to do um, or, you know, not <laughs> and resign to, you know, working a entry level job for the next 30 years. You got to become you know, losing your soul in an office or actually doing what you want to do. I mean, how to, how to become unstuck, if you will. <laughs> exactly. That's what the, the theory of stuck is. It's getting stuck in that kind of limbo of you've been knocked down by the real world and it's, easy and complacent to stay down mm -hmm. but do you want to stay down or should you get back up um, yeah. yeah and you need a good social circle around you and i see the characters interacting uh within the, the short little trailer that i see and the characters all they seem like people i've known also and people i still hang around with my like and people i've known my entire life so it's a universal message no ha no no matter how old you are even if you don't fit in the specific demographic of the film you can go back and remember a time in your life where you were stuck, and you can apply this film to, you know, not saying, you know, the good, I guess the good old days, you know, it's like a little bit of the Wonder Years type of thing, maybe for, for an older group of people that you were that person. Everybody should be able to understand the plights of your actors and your characters, and it's a universal message, but I, I just love the way it looks, and I love the way the actors are, are real, and I like the way you're writing for them. I think it's funny, and I think it's it's refreshing to see something like that because people don't normally want to see that anymore. They want their big action movies that can take them away to another to another world, of course. But yeah. you're you're making a film that's look. This is something that it's personal, but at the same time, it's recognizable to everybody. So I think no, I think it's great. Yeah. Thanks. Okay. Um, that's. Uh yeah, those types of movies, uh, I mean, barring the occasional, like, Hunger Games or, yeah. <laughs> you know, X-Men or whatever, uh, I usually find myself preferring the the more indie films and the, the quirky, uh, quirkier movies rather than the big Michael Bay. Well, um, yeah, well, that's my, yeah, uh, yeah. Michael Bay, yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> a, that's a whole different interview we can conduct about Michael Bay, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. But I think, it, like you said, also you prefer that because I think it's also inspiring to you because it's people who are like-minded people that you can – it's something to keep working towards. You know, like you mentioned Tina Fey, Lena Dunham, uh, some of the other films I saw that you um, have reference to or you have inspiration. Now, Garden State is another one where it's oh, – yeah. you know, I mean, those are, those are some movies I can go back to and I still enjoy very, very much. And I remember seeing them when I was younger, and I still enjoy them to this day. So hopefully stuff yeah. becomes – in, in that uh, zeitgeist, so to speak, um, you know. So to yeah, me, I hope that's so. even, even on the dramatic side, um, as far as directing, I'd say David O. Russell is one of my big influences because I love his characters, um, and that's a big part of this film too. Is the characters? They're real people, and like you said, uh, people you know, uh, people you remember from when you were 23, 24, you know? So. And people you still hang out with to this day. So exactly. People that will always be a part of your life, no matter how, how far you try to get away from them, somehow they'll creep back in your life 
still. So <laughs> it's inevitable. <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, you mentioned a uh, comedy is like your forte. That's, that's your wheelhouse right there. Uh, but in the future, after Stuck is, you know, hopefully successful, you know, I got my fingers crossed, toes crossed for you. Uh, what other genres of film or, or writing, I guess, for that matter, do you hope to explore in the future? Um, you know, you say comedy, but is there something else that you would want to, you know, move into at some point and explore? Um, I love period dramas. Okay. a lot and I think it would be really fun and interesting to kind of explore that um, is there a particular but, period uh, that you like more the like Victorian era Renaissance or uh, Civil War mid era century mid-century uh, I really love like the the 40s 50s and 60s okay that's, a lot that's uh, awesome. <laughs> yeah I uh, I would love to to write for that direct for that i would like i would kill to be a set dresser for that like I just, oh yeah be a costume designer such a gorgeous and like uh decadent period and uh and plus i was a big history buff in school and stuff so i think it'd be a lot of fun to mix some some history research etc into into some film and uh it'd be really cool it's something you don't see that often you don't see a lot of people especially in the 40s and 50s 40s and 50s okay maybe you'll get you know, World War II films or something, but you don't get anything like American Graffiti anymore or something like Grease or something that really goes into 19, 1940s, 50s, or 60s. Um, and it would be great to see a modern take, you know, on, on that era, which we don't really see anymore, to be yeah, honest with you. Yeah, as far as film, um, not really. I mean, on TV you have, you know, Mad Men and yeah. – and, uh, that needs to show Masters of Sex and stuff like that, which is great too, excellent. But in film, not so much, unless it's something like Captain America, which takes place yeah. in the movies. <laughs> but uh, again, that's Captain America. So uh, I don't know. I think I think there's definitely space for it. Yeah. And I think especially with the success of Mad Men and, and uh, now this other Showtime show, Masters of Sex, I think that there's definitely an audience who would like to see that as well and, what, and what's so amazing about i mean you, you bring up bad men is that it, it takes place in the 60s but at the same time it has a still a very timeless feel to it where a lot of it does take place in the office setting and there's more mention of the era than there is a lot more of what the era is happening so it's kind of like more of the aura of the 60s to me at least than it is to the 60s outside of it to a, to a degree like i guess maybe they figure TV is cheaper, so we can shoot something like this, whereas a two-hour film that's all old costume not old costumes, but just kind of period costumes in a way, it just doesn't work unless they're doing another Elizabeth movie from the Victorian era, Renaissance era, or something like that. So right. it just seems funny they don't do films like that anymore. So I don't know. But like you said, hopefully the people who love Mad Men and Masters of Sex now, uh, it will lead to more... Hopefully film as opposed to TV for those specific yeah. eras. Yeah, there hasn't been very many of those of late. Um, so it should be good. <laughs> yeah, except for Captain America, like you said. <laughs> yeah, well, I think the King's speech was in the 50s, the 40s. Yeah, so I believe that... it was in the 40s, 50s. Yeah, it was right around <laughs> World War II era. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, um, moving on. Um, this kind of has more to do with your actors, I guess, and uh, the characters that you're developing for them. Um, when you're writing, um, how much input uh, do the actors have on their characters? Uh, will you allow them to ad-lib? 
uh, will you allow them to kind of run with your material, or are you more like, here, here's my idea, and I want you to really convey this idea type of thing? Um, I'm very collaborative as a director. Um, I like to get feedback because one of my, like, biggest questions when I'm writing, when I'm doing anything, especially in comedy, is, like, is this funny or do I just think it's funny? Is like, yeah. it's only funny in my sick mind or like, does, is this like universally funny? Or, uh, so, and that's what I like to do, uh, directing, um, for everything. I like to go over the stuff with the actors ahead of time. If they have suggestions, I definitely like to hear them and then we can discuss what, what will work, what might not work. Um, and then when we actually get, you know, to rehearsals and, and shooting, it's it's uh, it's more like, okay, let's do it as it is on the page, see how that goes. Mm-hmm. All right, let's do another one with your suggestions. And I mean, especially with comedy, oftentimes there's there's, you know, all right, you know the direction the scene is supposed to go in, mm-hmm. go for it don't necessarily have to stick to the page. And that's sometimes when the funniest stuff happens, too, um, is, you know, not ad-libbing. As long as you get the, the scene, yeah. gets the direction it needs to go in and gets the point across, the exact words may not necessarily be that much uh, that important. Yeah, it's the so, tone. It's the, yeah, it's yeah. the tone and it's the message. As long as you get from point A to point B, you know, if something comes to mind that's hilarious, say it. I mean, that's how I think the funniest moments sometimes happen uh, in, in comedy film. So yeah, those, those are memorable moments. Things. Absolutely. Uh, and you mentioned like a lot of the characters uh, are based on people you know and life experiences that you had. Is there any one particular in Stuck that uh, maybe reflects you or maybe reflects like a, a, a very good friend of yours uh, or all the like you said before, all the characters are people you've known before, but is there one in particular that's maybe special to you or anything like that? Um, I mean, they're all yeah. special, but... <laughs> yeah, I guess. I mean, they're all pretty special to me. They're all people I know. Um, <laughs> the main character, Soph, is uh, somewhat based on me. Mm-hmm. In earlier versions of the script, she was almost exactly me, but she's she's turned out to be quite different as we get further down the road yeah. uh, in developing the story. So she's actually the, the protagonist, uh, and uh, it's somewhat based on me, uh, not really that much. And also, actually, the uh, one of the other characters named Cal is uh, based, or was originally based on uh, my co-writer, Bennett Tyler. But he, uh, the, ca- the character of Cal, has since uh, evolved and has changed a little bit. I think that's how a lot of writing works, I'm, you know, they start out exactly like people you know, and then you kind of flesh them out, realize they have their own lives and their own – these imaginary characters have their own stories and their own feelings and their own thoughts and opinions. And uh, so they turn out to be very different than you originally got the idea from. <laughs> yeah. Now, you, you mentioned uh, the main character, uh, so was, it was a lot like you. Did you ever think that maybe you would also take over acting duties for that character, or was that never in your mind at all? I thought about it. Um, I did, but I'm not sure that it would be the best choice for the film mm-hmm. because of all the other stuff I'm doing. And also, I mean, my my acting prowess isn't necessarily tested very much, 
Yeah, like you said earlier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I did I did plays and theater in school uh, for years. I did about eight years of theater, uh, and that was always great. But I mean, with the pressure of directing, producing, and also having been a co-writer, uh, it's difficult to say that I would be the best choice. Yeah. So. Um, I've kind of left the playing field open. Uh, we haven't passed out role yet, so um, like I said, we're still we're still working on securing the rest of our funding before we finalize the casting. But um, I I definitely did think about it, but I didn't want to overload myself. Yeah, so. four du- three duties is a lot. Four duties <laughs> is even more definitely. Yeah. And I think also you have to maybe uh, distance yourself from the character you're writing based on yourself maybe a little uh, because I think maybe. You might take it more personally than other people, and if people aren't playing the right way off of you, it could maybe be a little bit of an issue. So to look at it from an outsider's perspective, it might be easier to see somebody acting in your place. Does that make any sense? Or Yeah, um, a little bit. Um, but then again, it, it's, also, it's almost the same difficulty because I'm directing. Yeah. So it's my job to make sure that they get it across exactly the way that my vision is. So really, uh, way, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I think the, the bulk of the decision was based on two things. One, my acting chops are not necessarily time tested. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and two, I already have so much on my plate that, uh, I just felt it was best for the film to probably explore different uh, opportunities with actresses for that role first. Um, I haven't completely ruled it out, but as it looks now, it's not likely. All right. Fair enough. There's yeah. always the next film. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, you mentioned before you're filming in the uh, greater Boston area right now. Uh, what is it like to film in Boston? It's a huge city. Uh, it could be an expensive city as well. Uh, but what is it like to actually film in a giant metropolitan area, even though it's it seems from your stills that it's a little more uh, kind of not in the major area of Boston. It's a little more suburban, I guess you can say, yeah. a small town. Like, But what is it like to film in an area that I guess, you know, you also grew up, you were born in? So how does that feel to you? Uh, it's great. Um, well, first and foremost, I mean, Boston's my home. I grew up here. We're actually filming about 30 minutes outside the city uh, for the bulk of the film will be there. There are some city cityscapes too, but um, so because it is set in the suburbs. So, but um, I mean, it, it's a lot easier logistically for me. I know the area really well. I know a lot of people around here as far as crew and, and uh, supporters are concerned. And from an artistic standpoint, it's, it's spectacular. I mean, Boston has some of the most gorgeous architecture anywhere. Um, in the U.S. at least, and it's it's a lot of old cobblestoney brick walls, and uh, I just kind of dig that quirky vibe. Yeah. It, it's really easy to find good spaces, especially from an indie film where we're not building sets. Yeah, you have to use what so, you have. <laughs> yeah, it's really easy to find good, interesting, uh, really texturized and great um, set set pieces and. Uh, and that's a lot of fun to work with because there's such diverse and fantastic architecture. And then thirdly, from a business perspective, I mean, there's an excellent tax credit, um, mm. one of the best in the U.S. right now. So 
uh, it makes a lot of financial sense um, to film here and, you know, take advantage of that tax credit on top of the convenience and the beauty. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, you don't have to go too far. And like you said, yeah. the, money, the money is a major issue. Not a major issue, but you said the tax credit is, is wonderful to get for the city. And I guess um, the support around the city and the community, do you see a lot of support? Like, what is the support like? in the city that you're you're shooting in currently right now? Are people excited? Are people buzzing? Are people saying, oh, Angela Palladino is here to shoot her first feature-length film? I mean, what what's the vibe like in the town when you shoot, when you're telling people about the film? Like, what's their mindset like? Um, well, when we were shooting the, the proof of concept video, which is mm-hmm. the trailer you've seen, yeah. uh, we were shooting in uh, the town uh, outside of Boston. And, um, and you know, Buzz, I had lived there for a period of time, about a year, I guess, two years ago, a year ago, year and a half. Okay. And um, so I knew a few people around town, and it's a very small town, one of those places where everyone knows everyone and everybody gets in your business. If you're <laughs> filming on the street, they're going to walk up to you and start talking to you, uh, which is great. I mean, and can be really frustrating when you're trying to get – scene in yeah shot but <laughs> uh it's great because everyone's so nice and um really excited and uh everyone in the town was really supportive of us and is continues to be supportive i mean they 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 threw a fundraiser for us and uh everywhere almost everywhere that we asked if we could use as a set location they said yes absolutely they were really excited uh and then you know people around town who would just see us shooting would would stop by the set and just kind of walk up and be like, hey, what are you doing? <laughs> so uh, it was a really cool experience, and hopefully we're going to shoot principal photography there as well. Um, the town itself, uh, the town offices and the police department are great, and they are super excited and very supportive of us. So, uh, so far it's been a really good experience, um, and I'm sure it will continue to be. There are uh, – they're a really accepting group of people, especially when they know it's from, you know, locals. I think a lot of the big thing for them is Yeah, local. local pride. What's the demographic like? And I'm sorry, the name of the town again is called? Oh, Maynard, Mass. Maynard, Mass. Okay. Yeah, what's the demographic like in Maynard, Mass? Um, well, it, there's probably oh – I got – God, I don't know. I'd have to Wikipedia. It's a really, oh, really small town. <laughs> um, I know that they're uh, – I mean, it's it's working class. It was a mill town mm-hmm. um, back in, you know, 1800s, early 1900s, and there's still a, a giant mill complex that basically takes up half the town. The town is, I think, only something like four square miles. That's oh, how small it is. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and that mill complex is actually one of the set pieces in our movie. So it when I was writing, I was actually basing it off of this town. So it makes hundred percent sense that we would film there. And uh and yeah, it's just really tiny working class town, great people, um that's just very, very conscious of local local people. I, I know that they a lot of the people in the town when we were filming, they'd walk up to us and be like, Hey, uh you know, they filmed a commercial down for, for Abercrombie and Fitch here the other year, and it was a big pain in the butt. So, <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, like we'll we'll, we'll we'll try not to be a pain in the butt." And they were like, "Okay," because these guys were were terrible. They were blocked off the street, and I was like, "Don't worry, like we were 
We're not going to get away. <laughs> you won't have to extort us or anything like that. We'll, we'll behave ourselves. It won't be like a Michael Bay in China type of event or anything like that. But that's great. It's like a working class town for like a working class movie. I mean, I think yeah. that's something like you say, local pride. People can get behind this type of thing. And you're not Abercrombie and Finch. You're not some big conglomerate who's going to flex your muscle and say, okay, can you please walk off the, the set we're shooting here? I mean, right. maybe if a local walks on set and they do something really hilarious, you know, you might cast them or something like that. So, I mean, it's great that an entire community is getting behind you. And I think that's wonderful. But um, you said you went to school in uh, New Hampshire. Uh, did you ever think about maybe even shooting the film in New Hampshire or outside of the Boston area? Was there any thought about that? Um, no, um, because, well, the film is based on that town, mm-hmm. um, so literally all the set pieces were based off of real places. Okay. So that was that was almost a no-brainer for me. Mm-hmm. The only thing that would have pulled me away from there would be uh, if, and actually it still could happen because we're still in pre-production, but unlikely, would be if, um, you know there's a better financial opportunity elsewhere. As it stands now, like I said, Boston or Massachusetts has this extraordinary tax credit. So it makes a lot of financial sense for us to film here. Um, If we had an investor, for example, that came out of the woodwork that was like, I'm going to give you all the money you need to finish your film, but you have to film in New Jersey. Mm. Well, guess what? I'll find a place in New Jersey that looks like it. Yeah, exactly. I'll find something that looks like Maynard in some way. I'll I'll find another mill or something like that I can shoot shoot with. (laughs) All right. And I guess to kind of uh, get everything, you know, everything comes full circle. Um, What does Stuck mean to you? What does this film mean to you? What does it mean to the community? Uh, What does it mean to you as an artist? Um, it, and this is your first feature-length film. What did like how important? I mean, it's obviously very important, but what does stuck mean to you? Um, I think like I said before, it's a very personal story, or it started from a very personal place. Mm-hmm. Writing it was almost cathartic for me. So on that level, it means I mean, it means a lot because not only is it personal wanting to see the story succeed, but it's also sharing that with uh, a boundless audience of, of viewers. So that's, it, it's very, it means, it means an immense amount that way. And I think for, for the viewers and also for myself as a viewer, not only as a writer and director, uh, creator of the story, but I think it's a lot of, it, it has to do with kinship of this generation. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are so many people that are feeling this sort of stuck feeling and, you know, have graduated or might be about to graduate and are struggling with what they want to do with their lives and are struggling with the motivation to to do those things. And what I actually really wanted to do with this film is, is show that struggle outside of the big city, which is why we're in the suburbs. Yeah. Because uh, a lot of the stuff you see is – Millennials struggling in New York, millennials struggling in L.A., millennials struggling wherever, big, big city. city. And, I mean, when I was right out of school, I was living in the suburbs in a really tiny town, and all these people around me were millennials struggling with living in a four-square-mile town. 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, it's not like we're in the middle of nowhere, but it was still, it was very kind of isolating. And, uh, and I, I've had, I've had conversations with people in the industry that have been like, well, people won't, people won't relate to it if it's not in New York. Everyone can relate to New York. Mm-hmm. And of course, this of is course a guy everybody in New York. From, this is the guy who was from New York saying yeah. that to me. And I was like, <laughs> well, you know, for the six million people in New York, there are ten times that that are living in the suburbs that can relate to it just as easily or even more. You know, they might see, you know, people on TV on girls or whatever, you know, whatever show uh, about people struggling in the city, millennials having tough times in the city, uh, two broke girls or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and they might be able to relate to that from the suburbs, but even more so if there's a, a, a show or a movie about, you know, exactly their situation, feeling stuck in the suburbs. And a lot of it has to do with financial situation, um, you know, not everyone can afford to to live in a studio apartment in Brooklyn, but uh, there are a lot of people living in their parents' basements that are dealing with the exact same uh, emotional and uh, career and relationship issues that happen at that point in your life a few years after you graduate college. And I kind of wanted to tell that story because that's somewhat what I did. Um, you know, I... I spent a few years in the suburbs and kind of looked around and was like, this is frustrating and yeah. hilarious. <laughs> so. It is. Cause, I mean, like like you said, it's a great point you bring up about New York, L.A. It's like, uh, for lack of a better term, I mean, those are the sexy cities that people want to know about. But it's like, yeah, there's struggle there, but there's even more – If there's the same if not more struggle in the suburbs because people escape the city to go to the suburbs – to try and get away from the rat race, but it's just as bad there, and people just don't want. I mean, there's no big buildings. I mean, like you said, in, in Maynard, Mass, there's a big uh, mill. It's like that's not the Empire State Building or the Sears Tower or the Capitol Records Building. It's a it's a mill, but at the same time, it's something that it, it's a it's a metaphor for the entire thing. It's working class. It's it it's like Maynard's version of the Empire State Building. Like we built this giant mill because we worked hard in the suburbs. But I think yeah. it's just wonderful to see something that you're bringing it back. It's like an, an old school way of doing things. Like everybody goes to the suburbs. It's, it's working. It's real working class as opposed to like big city where it's working class. Don't get me wrong. I'm not from a big city. I'm, I'm well, me personally from the Fort, greater Fort Lauderdale area, but I'm in the suburbs, suburbs as well. So, but just to see, you bring back, bring the suburbs. It's not a dirty word anymore. You know, it's that type of thing. So, <laughs> I, I think that's it's wonderful. I think you're you're doing a service to everybody who, you know, leaves the city and goes to the suburbs to see if they can find a better life for themselves or improve their station in life. You know, people that are confused after college. You know, you usually go back to where you're comfortable a lot of the time too. Home is where the heart is, if you will. So. Exactly. All right. Uh, well, it was wonderful talking to you, Angela. Uh, I mean, you can plug as much as you want. Uh, tell the audience about the website, about your Indiegogo campaign, uh, anything. The floor is completely yours at this point. <laughs> awesome. Thank you, Matt. Um, okay. Yeah, thank you, everybody, for, for listening. And uh, if you'd like to check out 
uh, more about the film, you can go to www.letsgetstuck.com. We're currently finishing up. We have two weeks left as of November 11th, uh, two weeks left on our Indiegogo campaign, which we're using to help fund the rest of our, our production budget and get us going to shoot next year. That can be found at igg.me slash at at slash the film stuck. Or you can just go to Indiegogo and search stuck under the film category. It might be a bit easier. Or you can also find that on our website as well. Um, Facebook.com slash the film stuck. Twitter at the film stuck. And uh, yeah, thank you for listening. Uh, Check out the trailer on the website. I believe, uh, Matt, you also have it on the... Uh, I have, We have it on our front page uh, of our website. We also have a big banner for Stuck that leads directly to the Indiegogo uh, page uh, to, to hopefully donate, donate out there, people. Uh, but uh, like Angela said, uh, we'll, also, we'll also have all the links below the post uh, once this uh, interview goes up on the website. Um, yeah, so... We're really excited. Thank you so much. Uh, I'd like to thank Angela uh, for contacting us and actually letting us be a part of uh, kind of like the street team, so to speak, um, to get the word out for this this wonderful film, Stuck. It's a personal story. It's something we can all relate to. Uh, and it, it's a great way to support independent film. I mean, even even a film like this, you may not think it's it's that big, but it means a lot to a lot of people, including Angela, her production team. Uh, she's working her butt off for this film. So um, support independent film. I put it in the first po- first post, support independent film, damn it. And I, I mean it. it it's, it's a great cause, and it's what's going to keep movie, in my opinion. You have your blockbusters uh, that are all well and good, but you need to have these other films that are something personal that we can all relate to. We can't all be Marvel superheroes, sorry, guys, or talking robots. No, we're we're all like Angela. Uh, we're all we've all had our times when we're confused and we're we're a little lost and we're stuck in our ways, uh, or stuck in our situation. But it's a matter of having good people around you to be able to pull you up and get you unstuck, if you will. So, if there's any any parting words, Angela, you like to tell the audience or anything else. Um, well. Thank you so much uh, for your support, everybody. And, I mean, you know, hopefully we'll be, you know, talking about showing this film on the big screen, you know, by the end of next year, maybe this time next year, uh, this film will be finished and everybody can go buy tickets and see it. (laughs) Well, I'll be there. (laughs) Excellent. Well, once again, Angela, uh, thank you so much uh, for talking with me and, Hopefully uh, our audience enjoyed it as well. Like I said before, uh, everybody, the film is stuck. Uh, the website is www.letsgetstuck.com. Uh, there's the Indiegogo uh, banner is right on our main webpage. Uh, we are uh, simplisticreviews.blogspot.com. Uh, and once again, thank you, Angela, um, for taking the time out to really promote the film and get the word out um, on stuff. So thank you, Angela. Not a problem. And uh, we'll see all you guys later. Have a good night, everyone. This has been... Indy. 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 Life goes on, Indy. Indy. Insider.